day and welcome all Ingress hackers, starbird taming trainers, Pikmin lily bloomers, pet dot lovers, soon to be ballers, San Diego dragon tamers, retired settlers, former wizards, and soon to be defunct robots in disguise, and most importantly, our wayfinders. It's time for episode 27 of the Wayspotters podcast. Wayspotters is the place where you can learn how to make your community love or hate you more, spam your friends with flares, and light up your community with new Wayspots. Wayspotters is proud to be powered by the Pokemon Professor Network, and today is Monday the 11th of July down under, and a nice Sunday afternoon for Jamal and our guest. Jamal, how's your week been so far? My week has been crazy in Wayfarer, but Lachlan, can I just say that was a beautiful intro? Like you pinned that and you stuck the landing. That was amazing. But as far as my week in Wayfarer, I have reviewed 1,029 Wayspots in the last 72 hours. So how about those apples? Well, I've reviewed four. So I'm just saying I'm a filthy casual. Well, then while Jamal is out reviewing and trying to get a million upgrades, this week, I think it's best I rip off the band-aid and reveal to you who our special guest is today. You can find him on Twitch five days a week with some assorted nonsense. And when he's not doing that, he's out providing feedback to Niantic as a Pokemon Go NDA squad member. He is the one, the only, man from Seattle, Sea Princess's actual favorite content creator, sorry Jamal, Alfindion. How's it going? Hey, how's it Good, good. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here, and uh, you know I'm I'm just just thrilled uh, to have an opportunity to chat with y'all and 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 spend this sunny Sunday afternoon in my air conditioned apartment where I belong as a Seattleite. <laughs> Very nice. And uh, just so that people are all happy, Alfindiel, Ken, Alf, what what do you, what do you want us to call you going forward? I think let's keep the syllables to a minimum and you can call me Ken for the remainder of the show. All right. So if you're listening at home, Ken Pescatore, you're going to be boss man Ken for the rest of the show if we do refer to you in third person. Um, and Jamal, just a, a fun tidbit about Afindiol. Do you know who he met in Berlin? Hmm. Angela Merkel? No. The former chancellor of Germany. Yeah, I know. Well, Berlin, Germany. Uh, let me see here. Who are some other famous Germans? Uh, I don't know. Who did you meet in, in Berlin? If I say Niantic Tintino. Ooh, Niantic Tintino. Is he as cool as I think he is? Look, I don't want to, I don't want to out this person as far as, as what they may or may not be like. I feel like the, the fact that they uh, exist exclusively behind their username sort of gives them a, uh, gives them an air of secrecy but uh, it was it was pretty cool to uh they have uh i think they'll have it here in seattle too but they had a really cool niantic sort of town area that was set up uh that was was really sort of highlighting uh wayfarer and sort of that element of it there's some there's some cool stuff set up in there so uh, well nice a little birdie tells me that we're probably going to be getting Wayfarer shirts next weekend. And I'm Ooh. saying next weekend because this will be dropping within a week of Seattle GoFest. And I think it's great that Jamal and I had Alfindio actually message us on Campfire saying I should probably get connected with the Wayspotters guys. And within seconds, <laughs> uh, I was in his inbox and we were organizing this. And I think it's a great way just to lead into what we're going to be doing next weekend. 
And I'm going to get Jamal to get this episode ready just a week early, not a week early, a day early, so that you can enjoy this during your July 9th community day, wherever you are in the world. Or if you're in Australia, we get to have two community days back to back, because that's how the world works down here. You sure do. That's awesome. Hey, Ken, what, what size shirt do you wear, if you don't mind me asking? Um, yeah, usually uh, I fit pretty snugly into a, a, a dude's medium, so... Um, I, it gives me some, uh, some reason to, uh, potentially look at continuing to slim down. Gotcha. So a dude's medium. So what you're looking at right now has your name on it, sir. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So next time you're at podcast, you can, you can, uh, advertise for Jamal. Um, before we get into the topics I wanted to talk about today, there was just a couple little news tidbits I wanted to mention. Let's go. New intro. It's the new intro. It's the new intro. New, new, new intro. New intro for the news. Um, and the first of that being that Operation Portal Recon Live is back, and Niantic Ops will be featuring the fan favorite event at this month's Munich Superposition Anomaly. So that's the equivalent of an Ingress Go Fest. At the end of the month, uh, while we're a little light on the details for what they'll be doing and when during the event, it's great to see them bringing back this fan favorite event because that badge has long remained stagnant in Ingress. We also have an update from the Peridot team with a dot developer in sites. And what we're learning from the Peridot team is they like to make joke and light of the dot pun in their name. Now, I wanted to jump into this just with the two of you. Uh, to sort of go through some of the questions that Niantic asked themselves, because I think it gives us a really good insight into what Niantic's doing with their apps that are in beta and not yet launched. Because why is Bowlers not releasing in my country is going to be a question I'm sure Jamal's going to be asking himself in a week. Why is the, um, the Game of Thrones Dragon game, which is debuting at San Diego Comic-Con next in two weeks, why is that not you know, releasing in my part of the world, et cetera, et cetera. So we just want to go through Niantic's methodology behind how they launch these games and how they get their feedback. Because as we've seen with Settlers of Catan, it launched practically everywhere except America, and then they canceled it because it didn't have enough players. And it's just this weird, um, it feels weird. So Jamal, I'll get you to be Jessica for the sake of reading through this, if that's okay. Me? And uh, Ken, if you can be a sim, that would be amazing. So this is a conversation Niantic had with uh, a sim who is the global product marketing manager at Peridot and Jessica, who is the associate producer for Peridot. So what is the goal of a soft launch? Why do video game developers choose to roll out a game in a handful of countries before a game's actual launch? So Jessica. Think of a soft launch as a dress rehearsal. It's time for us to test our internal development processes, understand technical performance, measure feature engagement, and more. Our team has been working on developing Peridot for a long time now, but it's now time to see if we're ready for the big stage. We as developers also relish opportunities to hear directly from players, so getting that feedback early on helps us make more informed decisions about the game. Our ultimate goal is to deliver the best quality game to a global audience. Similar to what Jessica mentioned, Soft Launch truly is our practice run before the marathon. As someone who has been involved in a few game launches at Niantic already, this period of time is such an important opportunity to make sure the game is fully functional, working as intended, and understand player engagement and motivations. For example, how many players are returning to play the next day, or throughout the first week? 
How long are they engaging with day-to-day -day game features? What aspects in the game loop cause confusion? And what do they enjoy most over time? Getting this early chance to study player behavior at a smaller scale enables us to iterate on and improve game features as we prepare for a wider release. Now, how do you determine what countries you should be including in this process? And I'll just go with uh, just Jessica for this one. One criteria we look at is for countries that we can use to test to see how our game would perform according to different metrics, such as how performant our game is, how well our game retains players, and more. For example, if we were looking to test our game's live performance on a wide range of device tiers, then we would try to soft launch in countries with a high concentration of Android devices, as Android devices tend to have a wider range of technical specs than iOS devices. Now, Jessica, um, we'll, we'll let Asim answer the next question, but how do you go about collecting feedback from the community during this process? Uh, in addition to the quantitative insights we gather from the game, there are also a variety of channels where we capture user feedback. I really enjoy getting the opportunity to work with our market research teammates to run user surveys and understand how much our player base enjoys engaging with specific features, what problems may they may be running into, areas where they think the game can be improved, and more. Additionally, we are grateful to have so many other platforms where players are directly sharing their experience with us. This includes reviews on the app stores, comments on social media, discussions on community-created discords and Reddit channels, and of course, through our in-app community on Niantic Campfire. We are super excited to have this platform available during soft launch because the Peridot team can engage with players to further inquire about bugs or certain feedback. I know our game designer is reading our players' comments daily. And Jessica, uh, did you have anything else to add on that comment? I know a lot of our team members spend a lot of time lurking on all these amazing community channels. It's also neat to witness conversation between players about the product you work on. I think it's really important to take all this qualitative feedback into consideration with the quantitative insights we gather from the game to make informed decisions. Now, I think we're just going to skip down to the last question here. And if you do want to read through this, I will try to remember to put it in the show notes or you can find it on the Peridot website. But the last question that we asked the team here is, what are you most excited about when it comes to sharing Peridot with the world? So, Jessica? I'd love to see really long YouTube videos that do a deep dive into Peridot, bringing down all the lore with clickbait titles like 10 more hidden facts about Peridot that devs didn't want you to know. We've already started to see some great content creators on YouTube and TikTok, so I'm hopeful that our game continues to expand. The community grows even more. I'm also the type of person that really gets into the game's lore and loves seeing charts and graphs created by enthusiasts, so I'm quite excited to see what content our player base comes up with for Parado. And a sim. Uh, I'm so excited to see all of the awesome Parado content from our community. We've already seen some hilarious TikToks. We're making it super easy for players to share their favorite Peridot moments from the game directly to Niantic Campfire, as well as other social media platforms. So I am looking forward to seeing all of our keepers from around the world with their Peridot companions. I'm also eager to explore all of the possibilities for Peridot real-world events. I've always been inspired by the live events we've hosted with our Niantic games. If you've been to one, you know just how magical the experience feels while bringing to life our mission of getting people outdoors and discovering exercising and connecting with others if you're familiar with pet meetups like CorgiCon or dog shows like the westminster kennel club i kind of envision a version of that for peridot keepers in the future so thank you for sharing that jessica and asim uh and speaking of spectacular user content 
What the Peridot team then do is shout out a bunch of creators who are making stuff with Peridot. And just looking at some of the photos from these various creators on like Instagram or TikTok, I'm more excited for Peridot to come out in Australia and hopefully soon for you in America. Because as the original Niantic IP, this is their second original IP after Ingress. So it's really exciting to see their team branch out and doing something different. And I can't wait to see how they fully use waste spots in the game. So this has got me more excited for Perido, And I think it speaks a lot to Niantic's ethos when it comes to this game development process. Because we consistently, former Wizards, why did Wizards Unite get cancelled? Catan, what happened there? Uh, the two unannounced projects that they didn't even launch into soft beta. Like, it's clearly highly competitive over at Niantic, and they chose Perido to be the one that survives. Even over an app which is still on some people's phones, Transformers Heavy Metal, because it's being discontinued, but they haven't said when. It's it's a really interesting process. Now, I, I just wanted to make sure we were covering that, because it is a part of the Wayfarer ecosystem and they are going to be using campfire quite significantly and that's quite exciting all right i think it's time to get some cues and some a's answered so ken if i'm not putting you too much on the spot let, let's let's roll with the questions sure and also jessica thank you so much for your answering of those questions it was done very professionally you're welcome so mm. i think i think it's just going to be jessica for the rest of the show i'm so sorry just blame jessica um so Thinking of Seattle, where is the first place I should go for a great snack when I get into Seattle? Are there waste spots there? Is there Wi-Fi? And is there grog? And grog, <laughs> alcohol, booze, whatever, feel free to convert to whatever it is in your local language. Yeah, what's the what's the metric conversion to uh, the US when it comes to booze? Um, you got to go to Dick's. He's got to go to Dick's, right? Like... I, 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 I'm just going to say I really appreciate that suddenly uh, it's become on brand for me to be like, no, no, no. Yeah. Where do you go for food and drink? Because <laughs> that's kind of what I kind of what I think about, too, whenever I'm traveling uh, somewhere. I mean, you can really you can really I would say check off a lot of boxes. I know. And there are you're going to you're going to see that it's a fairly cliche choice. But I think like if you hit the ground in Seattle and you're just like, I want to go somewhere and then feel like I'm in Seattle and feel like I can get a, a variety of things. To eat, I think you just go to the market like real talk. Just go to Pike's Place Market. Find yourself something to eat there. Um, it's a cliche choice. But you know what? Hitting the ground and checking off that like top. Listen, it's a cliche for a reason. Um, it's a great place to go it's a great vibe the only the only downside i'm gonna say is that you probably gonna have to wait in the line to get that grub um but uh it's which means it's good it doesn't always mean it's good but there's a couple places usually where there's a line the only place in the market that i'll say if there's a line you should just skip is that first starbucks that's in the market i'm putting air quotes on first is a total total tourist trap and by tourist trap i mean it's just a regular starbucks there's nothing special about it do not go there See, um, as an Australian, we actually ran Starbucks mostly out of the country by not supporting them. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm quite able to ignore a Starbucks. Every time yeah. I walk past that one Starbucks at my community day spot, I just look at it and say, "No queue." That's about right for you. <laughs> it, tourists love it because they come there and they're like, "Oh, I don't have to wait for my Starbucks in Australia." But we right. have coffee everywhere in Australia. Like we don't need Starbucks. No, and we don't need it either, but we still have it everywhere. 
Hey, Ken, I have a question for you. Are there any Burgervilles yeah. left in Seattle? Burgervilles? You know, I have not seen one. Um, I'd have to I'd have to dive into the uh, to the Googs and see if any of them still stand. But I'm trying I can't to think. Lachlan, Lachlan would appreciate a good Burgerville burger with the secret sauce, but I don't know if there's yeah. any in Seattle. Yeah, see, I mean, secret sauce. I just I can't trust uh, Jessica. <laughs> well, because well, you, you know you can't trust a burger where they, they they're not telling you what's in it, right? Exactly. Um, I mean, and you're right. I think the other the other top sort of cliche choice is Dick's. Dick's Drive-In is sort of uh, a Seattle area staple. It is. There's I think there's about five or six of them here. Uh, the 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 big get and the reason why it's not necessarily my first recommendation to stop in is because there's one pretty darn close to Seattle Center, and it's like the perfect in between your city experience and your park experience go fest stop in because it's going to be a really close walk you'll be able to get in and get out have something that's kind of filling and then get back to what you're doing well well not um, now that you've told everyone who's going to seattle go fest to go there's to X, every uh, single person would have would have would have figured that out i'm pretty sure <laughs> all right so can you you're you're a few years younger than me but <clears throat> there may not there may or may not be a story of, of a younger Jamal when Sir Mix-a-Lot's Posse on Broadway song came out. And my friends and I may or may not have drove from Portland to Seattle just to go to Dick's after Sir Mix-a-Lot sang about it. So I'm just going to put that out there. Fun, fun fact um, that ties into this, this podcast nicely. If you visit the Seattle Capitol Hill Dick's location, uh, that tidbit about its appearance in Posse's on Broadway is actually part of the description of the Pokestop. Oh, well, that work leans quite nicely into my next question of talking about Seattle. What are the main type of waste spots you find in the area? So are they murals, gazebos, parks, plaques, or whatever? What's the most prevalent type of waste spot? Starbucks. So let's, <laughs> I said waste spots because Starbucks are sponsored locations. They're sponsored, they don't yeah. They appear I, on the Wayfair app, thankfully, unless you've got I, people I just, submitting them to try and get it through. But that that's I was concerned. mulling... I was mulling on this because I, I I was thinking about as I walk around kind of what I see. And I've been traveling lately quite a bit and paying uh, an exceptional amount of attention to um, to what I'm seeing uh, as part of, part of the current center series I'm, I'm creating. So like in the places I'm going, Seattle has a, a really nice balance of the various types of uh, sort of way spots that you run into. It doesn't have this like overwhelming domination of like, oh, it's like. Oakland where it was just it was all murals like 90% of what you see were murals Heaven. Um, or Heaven. you know it, it's great it's 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 lovely because you actually get to see art as long as they're still there um, Seattle strangely to me the thing that stands out and, and it was really sort of formative and in, in the content series more on is it's a lot of bars restaurants cafes um, I feel like the density of uh, places to eat or drink that are uh, waste spots here in the Seattle area is really high, um, especially in the neighborhoods neighborhood that I'm in. Um, there are some other neighborhoods where I think it sort of tilts back towards there's a lot of um, sort of art installations and street art that are like kind of more official. Um, but it just sort of depends on the neighborhood you're in. We have a couple capitol hill where i live has a pretty good selection of like electric box art murals as well that you'll see you know five or six um along sort of the main the main drag but it is very much um to me the thing that has stood out compared to the other places i've been recently is just just how many coffee shops 
and bars are way spots here as opposed to in some of the other cities I've been to. All right. So you you segue, you'll create at least segues. I, I'm not sure if you're reading <laughs> in advance and just making it nice and easy for me, but you bring up your video series and you also bring up stuff not in the correct location or not existing anymore. So my next question is sort of going to bring all of that together. So you've got a really good video series where you plan to spend all the Pokestops in the city and often fail miserably. But I'd like to highlight, but you'd like to highlight a waste spot that's in its correct location with the waste spot on your phone and the waste spot in the real world. What inspired you to do this series and start this process off? Yeah, so um, I... I've watched a lot of food and travel content. Um, it's it's kind of one of the things I, I consume, um, which that was not an intended pun, but here we are. Um, I I love traveling. Traveling is is one of the few things that I just have absolutely loved, um, you know, my whole life. And I love eating and traveling to eat is is kind of where in many ways my heart resides when it comes to to what I love best. And I really didn't see a lot of a lot of Pokemon Go content that focused on the actual travel and what you do in places kind of thing. Um, and I was sort of mulling on that. And then I discovered in game this badge that hadn't always been there called Sightseer, which is a badge that tracks your unique Pokestop spun um, in Pokemon Go. And I started thinking about how cool it would be to sort of play the game in a way where you're actively looking to spin new Pokestops, to visit new places, to sort of experience those and what content about doing that would look like. And I sort of cooked up this idea of like, what if I like go to a place, I try and spin every Pokestop there, which is functionally impossible in, in a day, especially if you <laughs> name something like Seattle um, or Berlin. Uh, and what if I eat at places that are Pokestops and visit places that are Pokestops and sort of use Pokemon Go uh, and the way spots in the game to guide me through sort of a day of travel and in a place. Niantic um, will love you for that, by the way. You know, I, that there's a there's definitely uh, behind the scenes cynical take that you you've identified that if you want to look at it cynically, which is that this is very much uh, in line with their vision of how people should play Pokemon Go or play any of their games. Um, and I would be. I would be straight up lying to you if I said that the fact that I thought this was something that they might actually be sort of interested in maybe partnering on um, down the road as a official content, it, it, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't on my mind, right? It's brilliant, um, especially when Niantic has a program for local businesses where they can be sponsored. That's that's right. brilliant. Yeah. And and the other thing, too, too for me, and like to, to, to not say I don't want to say that, like, I'm only doing this because it's a cynical play to try and get Niantic, Papa Niantic to notice me. Right. That's not really <laughs> why I'm doing this. I'm doing it partly because it speaks to what I liked about the game. When I travel with my partner, she'll she'll say this all the time, but I'll be because I'll be playing a little bit of go like no matter where we go, I'll be trying to play a little bit and we'll see something and be like, oh, that's a Pokestop. And you're like, really? <laughs> just like incessantly like when we see something and i will always mention like oh that's a pokestop but what's cool is frequently that pokestop has information so you know if you're traveling and you see something neat and you're like what is that turns out i can frequently look at my game pull it up and there'll be information about whatever it is i'm looking at if it's a statue uh, or a plaque or a mural or an art piece frequently there's information there that i can actually use to learn about what i'm seeing which had always been kind of a thing that I had 
seen and thought about, but I'd kind of just like thought about it when I was traveling and put it away all other times. And it just sort of uh, crystallized when I was in Spain um, for the Safari Zone there. And I was just sort of thinking about that and I was playing the game and thinking about like, well, it's really cool that like I could use the game like this to sort of and it just sort of all clicked together. Like, well, what if I did a, a, basically a, a YouTube travel video and I built it around this because every travel video you watch, if you watch a food travel video, a food vlog, here's the structure. Here's where I'm at and why. B-roll montage of sites you saw in the city. Here's me eating something. And I'm like, well, what if the B-roll montage of sites is just waste spots, right? Those are the things you're showing anyway. And so it just became this kind of cool, like, it's just like making any other travel show except, you know, using the game to actually, like, these are actual points of interest. There's a reason they're called that. Um, so... Yes, Shucks, a let's tree see where it takes is not me. a point of interest. I would like to reaffirm this. <laughs> Trees are not points of interest. But what if it's a very old tree? Well, that will probably have a plaque, which you... That itself is the point of interest. The tree is not a point of interest. We I turn know. trees into coal. That's what we do. We turn trees into coal. We are, we are one step ahead of the deforestation efforts of many companies in the US. That is um, correct. <laughs> But yeah, and I know sponsored locations are still technically in beta in just the US. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't think they ever publicly updated their terms about that. And I'm sure if you're a, a business in another country, you can reach out to them directly and they'll probably make something work for you. Because like, it's not the same case as Starbucks is not probably paying a dollar per location per day. And H highly doubtful. That's just unlikely because that doesn't make good business sense. Now... On the topic of correctly positioned waste spots, I stumbled across a clip from one of your streams which got me thinking about one of my big pet peeves with Wayfarer. Getting a location removed by Niantic. Now, <laughs> Jessica's going to be a little quiet for the next little bit because I don't believe she's... Sorry, he's ever <laughs> put in a single remove location request. Um, but I wanted to sort of bring this up because it's a good conversation point, all right? So, hey, Lachlan, I am very inclusive. You can refer to me as Jessica. I have no problems with that. I am I am as inclusive as the city of Seattle is, which is incredibly inclusive. And I'm very <laughs> proud of my Pacific Northwest city that is so inclusive. So call me what you need to. As long as I use your name eventually. All right. I can always fix it in the edit. <laughs> That's a Wayfarer problem. Wayfarer has a lot of problems, though, so. I don't know what to tell you about that. Obviously, Wayfarer is, I don't know, it's kind of an archaic system. All right. So this is in direct relation to the fact that there was a way spot that you visited that had been, the photo had changed, the but the location and stuff had changed and it was not any more reflective of the real world location. Now, I know that's a very great clip to take out of context on a podcast about Wayfarer. So Jamal, we're archaic, <laughs> just so you know. No no offense taken. I'm a dinosaur. I own it. Well, as someone in his mid-20s, being called archaic hurts a little bit, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you see these gray hairs here? I've owned that archaicism. So let's dive into your thoughts around this because I've struggled yeah. to get waste spots removed because the system is clunky. So let's talk about your right. experience in this. Yeah, I, I think the, the context on the specific clip was was while I was walking about, there was a um, a cafe that had form, formerly been a Pokestop in-game. 
Um, and it's been closed for uh, a number of months, maybe more than a year now. It actually might even have closed towards the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and recently, not only has it been, you know, across the two year mark of being closed, they changed the photo of the cafe to the new business located at that address, which is a veterinary clinic, without changing any of the other information on it. So it, it's kind of ridiculous um, when you look at this uh, waste spot and see, well, that's clearly not Cafe Solstice anymore. That is a veterinary clinic. Um, so, you know, I do what I always do when I notice something that's definitely no longer there um, is I'll, you know, I'll submit a report to get it removed, uh, which was declined. I did it again because I was like, hey, that can't be true. It's clearly not there anymore. You can see that the photo is wrong and it got uh, you know, declined for removal again. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not interested in fighting the fight at this point. Um, but you know, as somebody who's now making a video series on this concept, especially with bars and restaurants and places to eat, it's really tricky to plan my day around potentially going. Cause there's in some places there's not that many. And I have had various success in some of the episodes I've made finding what I would qualify as good food. Um, food that's worth making a video around. Um, if I'm if I'm putting all my eggs in the basket of a specific waste spot actually being there, boy, I hope that place is still open. Um, and you know, I, I've I've definitely in my time making this video series found a number of waste spots that are simply not there. Um, I think in many cases things simply change, mm. um, and I don't necessarily know. I think when I when I refer to the system as archaic, it has a lot to do with the fact that it feels very much like a manual. It's a fully manual system that doesn't seem to have really good criteria because it's all manual, right? There are criteria. Obviously, I've passed my tests. I understand what you have to sort of know and what these criteria for 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 waste spots are but there's a number of these instances where like what's the process for getting something removed i can say this is no longer here but when they just say nah this doesn't meet the criteria for removal it, it feels like a brick wall to somebody who's not really into the system right who's not spending a lot of time on the forums or 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 processing approvals it's not to say that like they should just automatically take my word for something is no longer there. But at the same time, the system of like, well, you can sort of submit a, it's not even like an up, I don't know. It just doesn't, it feels very much like a system that like has these layers and layers of bureaucracy around it, I guess is maybe a good way of putting it. And for somebody who maybe wants to casually engage with it, who sees something cool in their neighborhood who wants to submit as a stop or see something that's out of place. That system at best is very simple and is like, Oh, I did it. Okay. We'll move on. And at worst is like kind of frustratingly, I guess for me to say archaic where you're just like, what exactly do I do and how do I do it? And why am like, I want to know why it was denied. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. So for the casual person who just picks up the game and it's like, Oh, this is not here anymore. It's actually across the street. It's not set up for the casual person to go in and try to improve the playboard. Right. It's right. set up for people who are like Lachlan and I scanning the, the, the community forums and, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. It's not set up for the person to say, this is no longer here. It's across the street and the picture is different. 
you get frustrated. And if you weren't actually doing a video series on it, you might give up. And it sounds like in this situation, you're like, I'm not trying to fight city hall. They don't want to change it. We'll Mm -hmm. let it go. Yeah. And, and that is where I, that is where I landed with this one. I would love to see it removed and replaced with a, uh, a way spot nearby that actually is there. Or if they, for whatever game design reason, desire a way spot there, at least change it to the business that is physically located there that the picture is for. Um, because ultimately, you know, as somebody who likes the idea of the game board reflecting the real world, it's frustrating to me when it doesn't. I'm not saying that I'm like so engrossed in this game. I'm like, wow, look at this augmented reality. But it is it does break that sensation a bit. And it does, you know, I know that there's some game design uh, philosophy around trying to make that connection between the real world and the game world feels so smooth that it doesn't feel jarring at any point. The more that the game board does not match the real world that I see around me, the more it becomes purely a game to play for min-max optimization purposes, unless it becomes this vision-based sort of AR experience, right? And that's one of the key things I really... I get a lot of flack from people when I say that I've actively removed spots. It's a lot of people who are casual into the Wayfarer space don't like the idea of things going missing. But I, as I think you do, actually want the world to reflect it. I don't just see a poker stop as something to spin without letting the image load. I actually want to explore these locations. When I visit other parts of Australia, I use the poker stops to find out where should I go. Not because generally if there's a lot of poker stops somewhere, there's a lot of activity over there and it's going to be a good cultural place to explore. Um, it's not going to just be, you know, the downtown church where due to wayfarer abuse, they got seven way spots in one area that shouldn't have been more than one in mm-hmm. Pokemon Go. And it's not going to lure me in that direction. And I know this is a huge stickling point for a lot of people in our community. I've been called insane for wanting to remove way spots. <laughs> Jamal could go through the whole full list of emails he gets for every time I mention I've removed fire station way spots because they simply don't deserve to be way spots as per Niantic's criteria. The, the process is exceedingly non-user friendly. And one of mm-hmm. the things I hope they implement from the Wayfarer app quickly into Pokemon Go and Ingress and potentially Pikmin if it ever gets nomination and waste spot editing is the ability to add a little bit of supporting text with your removal request or your modification request because mm-hmm. these get rejected like a couple months later and you're like, why did I submit that request? What was the reason? Do I have the time, effort or patience to actually go to the Niantic forums, post the screenshot of my rejection email, Go back to that location, take 12 photos to prove that it's not actually there anymore. It's not reflective or indicative of the current location. And then even still, Niantic says, no, we're going to keep that way spot in the game. And I'm like, but why? It's not there anymore. It can be some mm-hmm. of the most frustrating stuff that happens in this game. And I know Jamal doesn't really participate in this removal ecosystem. But well, hey, just, hang on a second. Hang on you, a second. Have you used it's, the forums to remove a location, Jamal? You know, I have found the forums to be a little more toxic to my liking. So if you notice, I'm not really on the forums at all. I do a lot of my stuff through Remy when I go to do something. But Ken, I wanted to touch on something you said a second ago before we got too far away from it. I think a lot of people who use Pokemon Go, Ingress, whatever game, do min-max a lot of what they do and they play. 
a lot of people don't even read the descriptions on the Pokestops when they spin them or Ingress when they hack them. And if you know me, you know I like to write really colorful descriptions, some that are true and some that are not true. And I would really appreciate if people would read my descriptions because <laughs> I like to put a lot of thought into them, whether I'm making up a story or whether I'm not. But some people simply don't – some people it's just simply a piece on a game board, mm -hmm. and they don't look at it like Lachlan does. Lachlan is very hardcore and true to the AR experience, which I think is great. But I think the role that I play on the podcast is the flip side. I think we have to respect that, but you also have to respect the people that just want to play the game, right? They don't necessarily want things removed. They get upset and they send, they don't send Lachlan the messages. They send me really nasty messages about Lachlan that I share with him because he's my partner. But I, I think that it's 50-50 that Lachlan is not wrong and the people that send me the messages are not wrong. We, we have to have to a balance there. Lachlan, what do you want to say about that? So I, to sort of counterbalance this, I am a min-maxer. Most people who see me play will know that it's heads down and we're walking. I, I don't really have time to stop to chat. If you want to talk, you can join a conga line and we'll just have a conversation while walking quickly. Like, that's how I play this game. And Jamal will see this firsthand in Seattle as I run around looking for shiny combi, shiny pansies, and shiny pan paws and snorlaxes and hats. But... What will be happening in the case of I was at my local center shopping center and I used campfire to find a raid, wanted to go do this raid. There was kids there with their mums using their iPads, struggling to take down this raid boss. I helped them take it down. And then after the raid, what I was doing is each of these kids, because this area has about six uh, way spots around it. Each of the kids was looking at the way spots and actually taking in what it was and asking, do you know where this is in the shopping center? And I was able to, because I submitted those locations, I was able to say, yes, it's here in the library. Or, yeah, it's just down on level two a little bit. And you could see the mum saying like, oh my goodness, thank you for answering this, because the kids have been asking us to go have a look at this actual location. So we, we always have to remember there is a casual side to the players who will actually not have an auto spinner, like the Ball Plus, or, you know, other Niantic unapproved peripherals. And we'll actually take the time to tap a location and spin said location and look at it and enjoy and engage with that location and want to learn more. We have, I have to always remind myself, myself as a min-maxer, I am not the majority of Pokemon Go players. I'm not the majority of Ingress players. I'm not the majority of Pikmin players. A lot of Pikmin players, like you, Jamal, will start planting your flowers and then maybe level up. Uh, I know you're very low on the levels, but you've got more steps than most of my friends. It's quite entertaining. So it's 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 a very interesting system that you have to remember. The, we always look at this lens from a hardcore grinder because that's how most people we play with play the game. But I know so many people who pick it up maybe once a week for 20 minutes and they'll actually experience the game the way Nine to Contend. Because we yeah. are the minority. The hardcore players are the minority. We just keep the engines burning at 90. If I picked up the game once a week for 20 minutes, I would probably shrivel up and die. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> and speaking of uh, having trouble letting go of the game, we'll get back to that with our essay from Sea Princess in topic two. Because uh, this is a bit of a tease of what we've got coming up. I asked our community on Patreon, Discord, to say, hey, anyone got any questions for Ken? And... Sea Princess sent me an essay. I sent Ken the essay as it was being typed, and he's like, that's typical. 
So, <laughs> before we get to the Sea Princess essay and my reduction of it to make it somewhat palatable to myself and the content we'll already be talking about, I wanted to know, on the topic of Niantic Wayfarer archaicness, if you could get Niantic to just implement one change to Pokemon Go to better introduce or entice Pokemon players to actually use Wayfarer, what do you think they should implement? Um, you know, I think that based on my experience with local players, um, that the vast majority of players do not have any real understanding of, of the connection between Wayfarer and Pokemon Go and how any of that works. And I, I don't think necessarily that the goal should ever be to get every Pokemon Go player or a large percentage of them to understand sort of, let's call it like advanced Wayfaring, what, what, what you all do, right? That is probably not going to, and I'm already teasing answers to this future question. That is not one. It's not a winning strategy to get people involved. And two, it's not going to be of interest. However, when you start looking at things like the AR scanning tasks, right? And you start looking at those integrations that in theory encourage Pokemon Go players to perform Wayfarer adjacent activities, things that support the Wayfarer goals. I think if you wanted to improve the game boards globally and get more Pokemon Go players participating in Wayfarer in general, I think that incentivizing a system that has simple tasks that are yield rewards, but then plug into the Wayfarer system as data points actually could potentially be a really good way of getting players to actively basically participate in a system and provide data to a system i'm thinking you know because ar scan the problem with ar scanning is that you get an ar scan task and you just ar scan your feet and then you move on with your day right and they you know i think they've told us that we know that uh people are not submitting good data here uh yeah and that's, but, that's something that we've seen through the light ship discussion as well right um they said the exact amount like all of the nice community day booths, they get sent like a little press pack. And the one yep. I was at the other month and as not affiliated with Niantic, um, they were just talking to them. It's like, how do you know our talking points? I'm like, because I've heard from Niantic. <laughs> and one of the talking points is the amount of waste spots that have been scanned. And we covered this last week. Right. But like, it, it takes about a lot of good scans that they don't toss because Right. So many people just scan the footpath. So many people will scan their car. Mm -hmm. I've seen people at nighttime point their phone camera at the interior car light of their car and just shake the phone back and forth for yeah. the AR scanning to be happy because they're right. night grinders and they want their poffins. Yes, they just want their poffins. <laughs> yeah, and so for me, like I would love for there to be a really, really good, tangible reward for properly engaging with 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 Wayspots. I think the AR scanning tasks, I, I I think they were done in a good way. Like as far as like the goal makes sense. Please go to this thing and just take basically take a picture for us, just to prove that it's still there. And well, well, well just. Uh, Niantic's official wording on this is an AR scan never has any impact on the removal of a waste spot. A removal for a waste spot only applies when someone submits a waste spot removal request. We need to make sure that that's just hammered into the system because it's, it's there is a lot of myths. They, they want to build an AR version of that location. And I know I'm just going to go ahead and use some colorful language and say that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they do it, that it absolutely should. 
because yeah, if, if you tem- yeah. send me to AR scan something and my AR scan either returns a location that is not the thing that it's supposed to be or returns uh, something entirely different um, and it's seen over and over and over again that, hey, this mural, for example, that was AR scanned here is been painted over and is no longer there. Then that wall. should be a uh, it should be data that is used to make decisions about whether or not a waste spot exists. And but, for example, when we talk about removal, you know, it would be a really nice thing to do if I submit a removal for this cafe and they have people go AR scan it and then 20 good AR scans return with no image of this cafe in them. Oof. That cafe probably isn't there anymore. And like right. you, I believe that the game board is best when it reflects the real world as opposed to when it is optimal for play. Right. And then and that's a big, that's a big part of initially why players did not want to do AR scans. <clears throat> now, while I don't disagree with you, that was a, a big deterrent for players when it first started is they were fearful of some of their locations that were painted over that were moved or they in didn't want to wrong locations or in the wrong location. That's probably a bigger one. They didn't want to scan them for fear of them being removed. So Niantic came out and said specifically the opposite, that they would not use that data to remove it because they did not want players to be disincentivized by scanning. Now, in a perfect situation, if they're trying to keep the game board as clean as possible, Ken, that should be used. And some people still believe that it is being used. Niantic has come out and said it's not, so we have to take them at their word. But moving the forward, the team says that a scan gets sent to a different department at Niantic and they don't have right. access to that data. Like they can't just right. t- click on the Wayfair in their internal system and pull up all the scans for it. The Wayfair team now, doesn't can, have that privilege, which is bizarre to me. Yeah, can you calling BS on it might actually in the long run come out to be the truth. But like I said, right now we have to take Niantic at their word. Yeah, my my sort of come around on it is this. Um Players are afraid their stuff is going to get removed because the process for replacing it or adding new, all of that is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. That if somebody were to remove this location, that suddenly you would be without, right? Or that you would not be able to get it replaced with something else. This, there, that is the, correct. Or if it were moved, then it would be um, and then taken demoted. out because... Yeah. And the real, the real thing I say is, is that really necessarily... Uh, should that be a thing? Ultimately, in my brain, what sh- what the game board should look like is different and reflective of the real world. And sometimes in the real world, there are two things next to each other in close proximity that are of interest to each other. And you would want to see. And the idea that one, that the game board needs to be, you know, modified or follow these rules so that it's fair and the reality of people are abusing that for their advantage in, in tons of places anyway is all just kind of nonsensey. And for me, like the fact that uh, as somebody who's like, well, why don't I have, why isn't this really cool thing a waste spot? And I was like, oh, it's in the same cell as this thing. It's in the same made up diamond as this other thing here. And therefore only one of them can be the point of interest is total baloney. And when, when I say things like, you know, we're you're getting into a world where you're breaking that sort of like Emotion. seamless realism. Mm. You're breaking that illusion that makes it work. That's when, and I, as somebody who plays the game pretty 
grinder mentality 99% of the time, except when I'm basically making these videos. Um, it's easy for me to go, well, I just walked by five things that aren't even there anymore. So why even bother looking at these things? Ken, you are preaching to the choir, but there's <laughs> one thing that you forgot to add to that. The company that we're out there busting our backs for to put these things in the game won't explain to players why one thing will go in and why one thing won't go mm -hmm. in. So you said an imaginary square, imaginary diamond. Niantic will not even acknowledge that an S2 cell exists. Mm -hmm. So just have different inclusivity requirements for each of our titles. And, and it mm -hmm. drives me crazy. So here's another thing. You said something that is so important. I just put in our in our show notes, I've reviewed 1,034 way spots in the last three days, right? Because I'm trying to get upgrades. If it wasn't so arduous to remove something and get something replaced, I would probably do it more, right? I'm mm -hmm. not necessarily a need more stops person, but I'm a grinder. And from where I live to where I work, I have nominated everything in that corridor. And if something gets removed, I'd like something to go in its place. Mm -hmm. But I know if something were to get removed, it could potentially take me four months to get something in its place if I don't mm -hmm. have an upgrade. So there's no incentive for me, personally, blame Jamal, there's no incentive for me to remove anything mm -hmm. because I know I won't be able to get something back in there. Right. Now, Lachlan, like I said earlier, is completely different. He is... Let's keep the game board as clean as possible, which I admire. I, I, I don't look down on Lachlan for his stance, and he doesn't look down on me for my stance. But there's really no personal incentive for me to get something removed. There is a personal incentive to me to get something added, right? I just got a mural at a um, firehouse subs in my town or the town just to the north of me added, and it created a new gym. And four or five people reached out to me today like, dude, thanks for the stop. Thanks for the gym. That's that little hit of serotonin for me. If I got that removed and people were like, what happened to our stop? There's no incentive for that to me. That's my motivation, right? Lachlan's like, let's keep the game board as clean as possible. I'm a oh, community builder. I want to bring people into the tent. So that's where I'm coming from in this whole thing. So it's not like I don't remove things. If it was easy, if I said that location right there is no longer there, but there's a statue like right next to it, let me take this out and put this in. Yep. If I could easily do that, I would do it, but I can't. And on that note, it's a case of like, I wish the wording in Pokemon Go was better. Like you take a photo of the object. It says, this is a new Pokestop. It's, it's not a new waste spot, it's a new poker stop. And it's only when you hit submit and you fill in all the questions of give a title for this poker stop, description of this poker stop, supporting information for why this should be a poker stop. That's the wording they use. Then your email, it says, it might not appear in Pokemon Go. And you're like, <laughs> where else do poker stops appear? You know, it's that right. the, the language, it, it just sort of doesn't blend as elegantly as it could. And just so we can finish up with the Q's and the A's, I could ramble on about removals for probably three hours straight. Um, so let's not go straight down that rabbit hole. I just have one last question I wanted to ask you, Ken. Have you ever had a waste spot approved? Yes. Recently, how, actually. And how long did it take you from nomination to approval for that location? Uh, it took me just over a month. Okay. Um, I think it was... Um, I think it was a pretty slam dunk, uh, new statue installation in a, in a public park. So it was like a really obvious addition that had, had just had not been in the game yet. And was um, that in Seattle but it took or me, is that elsewhere? It was in Seattle. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
It was here. So that, um, I have just, a, did you use one. an upgrade? Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I have, I literally, uh, that's the first ever, uh, way stop, way spot, Pokestop I've ever submitted and first ever I've had approved. So, so that was I have congratulations. another one pending that's been pending since about a month after. And we're going on, I think <laughs> about two months now for that one. Um, I've, I've one so I'll let you know old, when that so one gets just, approved. Um, hold, hold your breath on that. Um, I, yeah, I think we'll Niantic see. have recently changed their processes for new Wayfinders for their first few nominations that they mm-hmm. have a higher chance of being reviewed in-house by Niantic. Right. But like, I my favorite thing these days is when one of my Wayspots gets approved and someone says, oh, thanks Niantic for the new stop near me. I don't correct them anymore. Because <laughs> it's, it's a lot more effort explaining how, right. you know, if you review, more of these appear faster. <laughs> Right, because you need local reviewers to get things through, yeah. and uh, yeah. So, I think we're going to have a little bit of a quick break here. Uh, we went on that topic for a little longer than I planned, and let's just take take two minutes of our time just to get our breath back, and then we'll jump into the Sea Princess essay. You are listening to JT and John on the Wastebarters Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Wayspotters Podcast. I'm JT Val- Oh no, I screwed that up. Clip that one. That's a good one. (laughs) Oh, Jamal, your dad jokes are the worst. Thanks for telling me the definition of the word mini. It means a lot. Which hand is better to write with? Neither. It's better to write with a pen. What do gymnasts, acrobats, and bananas have in common? They all do the splits. Why do fish live in salt water? Because pepper would make them sneeze. Why was the rabbit upset? He was having a bad hair day. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? A hippo was really heavy and a zippo was a little lighter. What's an ice cream's favorite TV show? Game of Cones. Why are Dialga never afraid? Because they have nerves of steel. Welcome back, guys. Hopefully, D- Jamal's jokes were actually entertaining this week. I haven't been listening to them for the last few weeks, and he doesn't know that. So, haha. I sort of skipped through that, like I do the news reading sections of other podcasts. All right. So, I asked in our Patreon Discord for some questions for you, Ken. And one of your community members is one of our community members. And she had a lot to say. <laughs> So, Sea Princess, if you are listening to this, yes, I've chopped and changed what you said because a lot of the questions you had put in, we'd already talked about in the questions and answers. But I wanted to delve into your sort of idea around time commitment for Wayfarer, PvP, and just in general, getting that nice life balance. So, let's see how I go trying to read this in one breath. And again, this is just my notes of your essay. So, thanks for the essay. We really appreciate it. So let's compare Ken's specialty of PvP to Wayfarer. PvP, you've got your daily battles, keeping up with the shifting meta, 
the state of the game with bugs. Non-Go Battle League battles like Silf Arena, various discords, however many groups you're in, and just practice battles. Wayfarer, you've got daily reviews, the consistent criteria changing, where they will give you your information about new criteria on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, the forum in an obscure post that was from four years ago, or from the Ingress forums, or somewhere else, or it comes from a creator's mouth. So it's a, it's a lot to keep up with. Praying for five minutes a day that the Wayfarer app for Android is actually released. Nominating things, keeping your eye on new way spots, and all of the other stuff when it comes to actually reviewing. Now, I know our boss man, Ken, has a lot of feelings on we need a little bit of time away from the game and to connect with ourselves, and that's something you're feeling as well, especially with your Let's Go Touch Grass. But is Wayfarer a good in-between state of touching grass and mashing your phone for 205 battles in a weekend on Go Battle Weekend? How can we get other people involved and informed but not engaged and dangerous like the tree people who five-star trees. There was a little bit of creative liberty I had here to sort of make this somewhat palatable and regurgitatable, but I, I sort of think the, the the comments that she raises here are really good. And we've had Sea Princess on the show uh, twice now, so she's clearly a fan favourite, and like she was one of the two people that filled in while I was away. So she's clearly one of Jamal's favourites as well. So let's sort of start with the time sink element. So PvP. In a day, how much do you think you spend tap, tap, tapping? Uh, these days, less than I used to. Um, I think in the, in the early days of the feature, significantly more when I was heavily committed to um, self-tournaments and a number of online communities where we were playing a lot um, because that sort of... That was not a time-gated uh, thing. I could do as many battles as I wanted because I was I was queuing up with with friends and doing practice battles and maybe doing a tournament here or there. And I was definitely spending a lot more time um, not only sort of playing, but also sort of diving into metagames and, and solving those for tournament play. Um, with the advent of, of Go Battle League and sort of my stepping away from um, the self-style competition formats, I've certainly slowed down quite a bit. Um, and honestly, we're it's 5.12 p.m. on Sunday and Go Battle Weekend, and I've currently played zero PvP matches this weekend. I don't know that I don't know that necessarily deserves a round of applause, but I've been busy touching grass and doing cool things. And so, um, which timed research track did you go? Did you go raids and rockets? I actually chose I actually chose raids, and I need to do I need to do one more raid before the end of the day is so actually finish that. Um, Let me see if but, I can uh, nearby. But yeah, yeah. I actually um, chose I actually chose battles. I'm quite proud of myself. I didn't want to do all I didn't I just I felt like I wasn't going to find the time to do basically five GBL sets and even more if any of your opponents quit out of a battle. So um, I I chose it because it just seemed like a slightly easier path with what I had planned. Um, I still love the feature. I, I've I've repeatedly said that I still think the most fun thing to do in the game is battle. And I think it's one of the few things you can do with the vast majority of Pokemon that you have. Um, but I would say on average, you know, on a weekday when I'm streaming, I do all my GBL battles um, on stream. I'll probably do a little bit of additional battling with viewers, uh, but I probably, you know, spend two and a half to three hours on a, a day battling. Uh, ooh, there we go. Oh, have you not finished that? That one's, that one's infinite, though. You don't have to worry. That one's that's special. That That's not going anywhere. The time research is on the other side. 
That's the one I'm worried about because I, I think I'm on five of six there. Oh, you're done. I am done. It's Monday. I have a th- I'm done. <laughs> I have a thing about research. I have to do it as soon as possible. I'm one of those tryhards that yeah. like and when the research comes out, I've got to get it done at the earliest I'm, possible time. I'm usually that way too, but I've been I've been gated a little bit on the uh, on the raids because I've been busy. Jamal, right? So, nice. I know people at home can't see this. We're all pulling out our phones and showing our special research in Pokemon Go. <laughs> Mine has none pending. Why do you have one nice. pending? I like just saying you've had the time i finished mine by 2 p.m yesterday so what's your excuse i haven't left the house today i well, went out to spend my a daily every two hours and that's more with the, the, the double components you're getting that's more than enough to do your three liters i'm just saying you're a rookie i'll have it done you're a rookie. i'll have it done don't don't you worry well, i'll have it done so i actually i i instinctively would normally go raids and bvp uh raids right. over bvp and i went pvp and i did 40 battles over the weekend which is a lot for me in master league mm-hmm. but i love master league got to pull out those shundos to flex on people i love my shundo whale love my shundo diamond lord but that's i think that's interesting that we both chose yeah. our opposite to our normal play style so we mm-hmm. had something different to work towards this weekend because with wayfarer Jamal, as he said, has done over a thousand reviews in three days. I've done three reviews in three days Mm -hmm. because I'm currently not motivated to get upgrades, which means I'm happy for myself to sit in voting forever. I can say for the first time I logged into Wayfarer as we started the podcast, just because I was curious, hit the review button, and actually a review came up. I actually have the opportunity to do it. I've tried four times, and they were not offering me anything. So it's nice that they're finally giving me a chance. There was literally not. It was like there's nothing to see here. I'm like, okay. I like in prep for this. I was like, let me do a few of these because I think it would be like I haven't done a, a review through like the website in a long time. Uh, most of my engagement with it and and where I'm like you know my perspective is very much like I want there to be more practical things that you can do in Go while you're out playing the game that can be impactful and accessible for folks to actually do it because i think a number of some of the issues i hear about the game when it comes to accessible play for players outside of say a big city like seattle the solution is wayfarer or some version of some light version of wayfarer that those folks can engage with um and it's currently really difficult to make that work have you ever had the in-app pop-up from niantic saying can you answer a survey for us? I have not, no. Because I've had it twice. And mm-hmm. I think what would be really interesting about the, hey, do you want to do a survey for us? Are you enjoying the game sort of thing? Is to say I walk past a location that's been nominated and has been in queue and voting for over a year. Mm-hmm. It pops up and says, is this location still here? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it just in-game, not the full, should this be a waste spot? Just a is this location still here? And if enough players say yes, it goes, stays in queue. If enough people say no, it gets sent to Niantic crew review. And it then gets marked in your Wayfarer as invoting Niantic. And this could apply to Ingress. It could pop up in Pikmin Bloom, any of the Niantic suite, keep it in game. And that's what really excites me about the Wayfarer app in its inevitable global release with reviews is because it will be able Mm -hmm. to link into Campfire, which will have a direct link to Pokemon Go, which will have a direct link into Ingress. And it's a case of, this is what I want. And currently it's not user accessible. 
Because if you're a hardcore player, you will Wayfarer to get your Platinum Wayfarer medal and then stop. Mm-hmm. And you'll never do right. another review. That's correct. And I had a really good period at the start of the year because a couple hardcore players said, oh, what's that medal you have I don't have? So my queue time went from a year to two weeks because three players, all it took was three extra players reviewing in my local area to clear through mm-hmm. the backlog. That's all it takes. And it's it's really shocking, you know, that just a few people can have such a control over their community. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing you really need, Lachlan, is you need a few people in your community to see really cool things and to ask you, how do I get this in, in, in the game on the playboard? And tell them, hey, go nominate this. And then once they nominate it, they're like, why is it taking so long? Hey, go do some reviews and it'll get through quicker. So you almost have to trick people into doing it. And yeah. convince like, your friends to why? do reviews as well. Like, yeah. And, and supposedly why rural communities like take less votes. But like, say right. it takes 100 people for Brisbane. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's these, the goalposts are not relevant to, and i get there's been a lot of abuse in some countries where you've had people right. with 20 accounts um moving way spots to the other sides of town we've covered this right. in episode uh, a is for abuse and it's a really good episode if newer listeners have jumped on recently go back listen to a is for abuse especially if you like hating on me when it comes to my stance on removing way spots because this is my stance on let's get rid of the people who are making their communities look like heaven and we actually mm-hmm. have our boss man ken messaging us saying hey do any of you know how i can find this area because mm-hmm. there was just a swarm of waste spots and he clearly wants nighting to clean up of it right it's just a a is for abuse great episode in our back catalog an amazing guest as Randis, and i know as Randis doesn't play pokemon go too much or ingress at the moment but i've seen his activity on campfire saying he's been active in pikmin so he's still out there enjoying episode number nine for those of you who are going to anchor.com or spotify or iheart media or apple music it is episode number nine of way spotters a is for andis you can just search for a is for abuse in your way spot in your podcast searching feed and it will pop up much that like too. the homework i did where i just typed in the word alfindiol into spotify and listened to all the podcasts he'd been on while i was out <laughs> grinding yesterday to sort of align myself with the energy we're coming into today and to say i'm not let down is an understatement so i think that sort of covers the questions from sea princess uh, again it was a full essay and if i didn't cover something you want sea princess i'm sure she's going to pester you in your stream chat about it yeah, uh, I have a. Oh have no, a she's 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 gonna DM you. Don't worry, she's not shy. Oh, yeah. No, I, I I expect I expect when this is released, I will I will be fielding a DM. I'll just leave I'll leave uh, twenty or thirty minutes available to to field it. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but Sea Princess was the first patron who joined the Pokemon Professor Network exclusively for Waste Spotters. So she'll always have a special place in our heart uh, because she was the first one that believed in us. It's sort of the that wasn't Ken or Adam and all the other amazing patrons that we had from, you know, lured up special conditions and got to watch them all. So she was our first. So she's always going to be Jamal's favorite. Uh, and I think Jamal is her favorite as we recently have Jamal screenshot uh, a fun quote by her. Jamal, do you want to just say that quote? Let's just say this. Sea princess believes in me and she believes in me more than she believes in you. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the exact quote is, I agree with Jamal on almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
But I mean, here, here's the deal. <laughs> I've never really been on Lachlan's side. Love you too, Sam. <laughs> See, I was leaving that out because it wasn't about putting you down, Lachlan. Because we know Lachlan has very strong views when it comes to certain things. And to be honest with you, Ken, a lot of people don't agree with Lachlan, but Lachlan more than me, is following the lay of the law when it comes to Niantic. Like, he's like Niantic through and through the way they want it to be played. I'm like in the gray area, right? I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll do this, a little bit of that. But I got to give Lachlan credit. He follows what Niantic wants to do. I'm more of... I'm a sheeple. I'm going to like walk in the street a little bit. You know, I'm kind of like, what's a few meters between friends? You know, well, and um... when it comes to AR scanning, uh, a fun comment recently was we would rather the scans be within three meters of the object. <laughs> right. So they've so, given us a number, Jamal, of what's a few meters. Yeah. And it's okay. three. What's That's three one meters? And, one and a half Lachlan. One and a half Lachlan. One and a half Lachlan. That's so, probably enough time to cross the road. So so when it comes to Sea Princess agreeing with me and not agreeing with, with Lachlan, you know, like I said, Lachlan has taken a lot of abuse. A lot of it they send to me and don't send to him. And hey, here's the deal. If you're going to say something about my co-host, send, send, say it to his send face. A send it to him. Send a voicemail. Let send, me hear your voice. Let's have a chat. Don't send it to me and expect me to do something with it. Like Lachlan follows the terms of service on every Niantic game. I cannot well, hate on the man. I, I can't say that I've followed the terms of service on all Niantic games. and Well, on, on the ones that we I talk have, about. Because I have asked friends to kick me out of gyms before. That's an example of me breaking the terms of service because I wanted my 50 cents. So not going to go yeah, into more detail, right. but that's an example of me breaking <laughs> the terms of service. I'm not a saint. Don't want the paint, picture to be painted that I'm a saint. I do use my Pokeball Plus, and I own three Pokeball Pluses, so I always have one charged and ready to go. So, I think it's time for the community's favorite segment, Call of the Week. And this week, I think, as Jamal will probably have to find a time to insert the intro, because I'm not giving him much time between my breaths here to chuck in our segment intro, but I think, let's not have one Cole. Let's not have two Cole. Let's have three Coles of the Week. And we're all going to take turns describing these Coles. Um, and next week, we'll have a couple extra waste spots of the week when we have Chris and Kyle on spoilers and there'll be a lot more you know positive let's let's we're at seattle let's talk about fun way spots this week in preparation for seattle let's talk about stuff that should never get in the game call of the week 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 definitely just a doctor who ripoff So, I've got three examples here. We've got one from New Jersey, I believe from the Red Bank area. We have, which is where our friend Coach Kev and Bossman Ken lives. We've got a option from, I think AK is Arkansas, is that right? Or is that Alaska? So this is AK. So this is from Alaska. Um, oh, you, I thought you said AR. Yeah, it's Alaska. AK. Okay, cool. Uh, when I think of Alaska, I don't think of the K in Alaska. I just want to, like, KA would make more sense, but just beside the point. Or AA for Alaska. Um, and we've got one from Australia down in New South Wales. So I think I want to tackle the Australian one. Uh, is there one that you particularly want to talk about here, uh, Ken? And we'll let you take the reins on talking about this nomination of highest quality. 
<laughs> what's the uh, sorry sorry so you've got little little you've got the yeah options. what's the uh, what's the you've got the you've yeah, got the sorry, stop sign the... or the mailbox which one do you want to talk about i kind of think i'm going to talk about the stop sign all right I'm so just Jamal, working through. you will get the mailbox so let's all right. start with the first one now this one comes from one of our patrons Laika, who also comes from my neck of the woods, but this was not from our neck of the woods, this nomination, which means it was likely upgraded. Oh, so let's start with the photo for this one. And I've sent through the high res discord photos in case your Google docs doesn't like zooming in for you. So starting with this first one, they, I'm going to read the title. Now this is the title. This is not the description. This is not the supporting info. This is just the title they submitted. Police station, comma, in a very small town, full stop. Nowhere near it could interfere with any police activity. That's the title. So the police station. That is quite the, the title. Station. <laughs> quite the title. The photo is my favorite. I love the photo. I, 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 I just want to go to the vantage point of where they took the photo from and just stand there and just gaze out into the distance. So... <laughs> With the photo, we've got a lovely, what looks to be a heritage-listed building in the background with a pharmacy on the bottom floor, and a lovely, probably heritage or historic police station, and the, the, the center of the photo is a police sign that's facing the wrong direction that says police. Now, we've got a blurry photo. The object is not the focus of the photo. We have emergency services. We have text and description. And them also saying nowhere near where it could interfere with any police activity. That's telling me it's probably in the wrong location. We've got a full smorgasbord of rejection options here. And the kicker is their supporting photo and text. Their supporting photo is just from, they've shifted their camera slightly on their balcony and just taken a photo of the block of apartments to the left of the police station, probably where they put the waste box. And they said, as blank as a small town and we're full of history, we foe not get many places for gyms. The police station is definitely one has many people E-A-L-K pass daily as it is on the main street. And it would also not obstruct any involvement to the actual building. So pretty clear rejection reasons for this. And it's always fun when we see stuff from different parts of Australia. Um, there's probably four survey markers in that photo that they could have chosen instead of this police station. Uh, just for context, Jamal, on how prevalent those are in New South Wales. But if you saw this from review, Ken, which would be your one-star rejection of choice? Oh, gosh. Um... Photo quality, location yeah, sensitive, text. Live animal. Jamal, there is no, there's no humans in this photo. You can't use live animal. I just, I, I just, I take, I take, uh, I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I mean, obviously this, all of the above, but I, I, I like the idea of going with photo quality for one reason. You had said that in the center of the photo was a sign that said police, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and disagree about that being the center of the photo. I believe the center of the photo, there is nothing. And there are two signs that say police, neither of which are in the center of the photo. <laughs> I think the center of the photo is actually the back of that white truck. Um, <laughs> and so for me, just oh, a license plate. Right, great. Yeah, it's the license plate of that white truck appears to be actually the center of the photo. Um, yeah, I it's this is almost there's almost 
I'm spoiled by choice here. Um, but I would you're, probably choose that simply. The rejection. Reason. Right. I just literally don't know which of them is the real reason why I would uh, go ahead and decline this. But I'm going to choose that one uh, on that on that technicality that they didn't even bother to center one of the signs that said police. This is love it. This is one of my nomination examples where I would love more than one option to reject. So you hit your one star, <laughs> and then there should be a little pop up. Would you like to add others? <laughs> <laughs> send them all now you wanted to take the stop sign so i'll let you describe and read through this stop sign for us Ab- absolutely i will do i will do the best the best i can um to 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 paint in vivid imagery what what i'm seeing here um which is quite literally simply a photo of a nondescript red american stop sign that's what uh, they look like no... in australia too so you know it's it's somewhat global that's fair. It's not what they look like in some European nations, but it is the traditional red stop sign uh, with no additional supporting imagery or text. It, it's just a stop sign, um, which they've submitted as the Reindeer Street stop sign uh, as its title. I guess we know it's on Reindeer Street. Um <laughs> With the description, <laughs> for many years, this town had no traffic laws. And in recent years, there have been several accidents. This stop sign was put up to make the street safer for the residents. Um, well, that that's certainly a reason to be a waste spot, I think. Uh, so let's see they've what else they've got. No traffic laws. I mean, they're really pulling on my heartstrings there. They've got this is Alaska. So I would actually buy the idea that there were no traffic laws. Maybe only in Alaska, but you know. Um, and as a supporting photo, they've submitted uh, to me... What appears to indicate that this stop sign is in a grassy outcropping wedged between, uh, I guess, like an L-shaped turn on a road, right? If you were driving forward and turning left, it's just there. There doesn't appear to be much else. It's it's a little hard to see what else is in. There's some buildings in the background, but uh, the stop sign appears to be simply in the middle of the road, more or less. Something like that. I mean, it's about as generic as you come. And, right. You know, now, I try to be a little more lenient when I'm re- reviewing things in, in, you know, rural areas like Alaska. But this is pretty bad. Well, don't forget their supporting information. There were no traffic laws in this town for many years. Several accidents have caused for this reason. These street signs have been put in to make the street safer for its residents. Don't know where I've heard that had- before. I feel like that was uh, actually copy-pasted from the previous, which is why I, I, I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, I don't even need to read that. That's exactly the same thing. Well, it's actually, there's a couple words different. Oh, they, wait, no, they're they right. It's different. Again. They typed that out again. <laughs> they're really Somebody set on this being culturally significant. This I, they, they knew that it needed to be significant. Um, and, you know, this stop sign seems to be fairly significant to the town. Um, it's probably outside their house. But <laughs> let's not read into it too much. Now, I forgot to mention where we got this call from. So this comes from friend of the show and patron, Blame Jamal. So thanks, Blame Jamal, for that one. I know they're a show supporter tier patron of Lured Up and not a show supporter tier patron of Wastewaters, but that's okay. <laughs> I put time and energy into Wastewaters <laughs> and a little bit of money as well, so I think I'm good. <laughs> Lachlan, do you want me to go over this the next one, well, which we, I think we didn't is pick awesome. our rejection reasons yet, Jamal? Oh, that's right. Okay, I got a good one. 
I'm going to go with one star pedestrian access. Jamal. I think on this one, I did one star. What did I do on this one? I might have done pedestrian. No, what did I do on this one? I might have gone I did text, something, but I would probably have gone for pedestrian access so that they know. Yeah, I think I went one star pedestrian access on this. I think I posted it in the Discord, but I can't remember. But a stop sign is clearly going to be something in the middle of the street. So what about you, Ken? What do you think on this one? I generally ag- agree with that. I think there are a number of problems with it, but that's a nice concrete like I'm not here to judge you whether or not you truly believe this is culturally significant. I don't want to hurt your feelings about this, but it's pretty cut and dry, straightforward that for it to be a way spot, it needs to be accessible safely for pedestrians. And this thing is not. All right. So let's move on to our final call of the week. And there's no appeal of the week this week. So this is our last discussion point of the day, Jamal. I know. All right. So, take so it away. this so this call of the week, where does this come from, Lachlan? So this comes from New Jersey uh, in the Red Bank area. Yeah, where, where did we get this call from? Was this in the Discord so or was this sent in by someone? Oh, right. did, did I not give you the context behind it? I was going to explain some not. of the context after. But no, you keep going. All right. Describe so what we're, what we're looking at here is your average U.S. American street with a sidewalk and then a grassy area coming up to the street. And what you see is a black mailbox. And above the mail, where you put the mail in, is like the address. And the title and description read this. Elegant mailbox. Elegant mailbox in Edison, New Jersey. And the supporting photo is a photo of the sidewalk. Just, Just imagine standing on the city street, looking down the sidewalk as far as the eyes can see, and that's the supporting photo. And the supporting information says decorative mailbox. That's it. Decorative now, mailbox. This was sent in by Sea Princess. And she actually called out Coach Kev thinking this was Coach Kev trying to get a home stop. Although I think we figured out that this was actually a different one of our community members trying to get a home stop during the pandemic. Now I'm not going to shout him out, but his name may start with a K and end in an N. Now, no shade on the boss, but we think this is yours. We found your call. You've left it outside. It's in voting. You can't withdraw it now. And we're going to feature it because it was shared with us. So knowing that, Ken, how would you reject this, Ken? It's nomination. (laughs) How would I I reject this? Uh, You know, I would send him. I would, I would, I would send somebody to put a decapitated horse head in his bed and then he'd wake up with it and have it tied around his neck and we just say reject okay Wait, that's not what you mean right right <laughs> i would godfather um. him but <laughs> uh so um Osman ken ken doesn't actually mean that for our listeners at home no i don't he's a nice person lachlan might be a little Osman. too young to understand the lachlan <laughs> might be a little bit too young to understand the godfather <laughs> reference there it's a possibility i'm also australian so american mafias don't excite me he said it not me i did not say that he said it we've got we've got a great tv show in australia it ran for a couple seasons called underbelly and it's about the mafias in australia now check that out because it's great and it's aussie and it was on free-to-air television so you know it's only the highest quality (laughs) um but to actually answer your question uh this is somebody's 
mailbox yes yes that's that's what they've told us it's a yes. person's mailbox uh, yes. an object that was likely chosen because somebody liked it uh i i would argue that it, well, it lacks any but it's yeah. elegant yeah but that doesn't necessarily make it historically or culturally significant um See, well, and i i don't know when i go to edison i think the first thing i wanted to go do is check out this mailbox. see the elegant mailbox you know if you if you buy the if you buy the lonely planet book for edison new jersey um it definitely features a, a whole paragraph on the elegant mailbox <laughs> and uh, the professor who installed it so <laughs> i i find it funny that this one came through to us um and he didn't respond in the discord i know he's had a lot going on in the last couple of weeks he might not even have seen this so when you're listening to this if you did nominate an elegant mailbox in edison new jersey i'm sorry but you nominated <laughs> it you're in coal if any of my drunk nominations get into coal while i'm in america i'm gonna love it i'm not gonna tell you it was me it's just gonna be me <laughs> under the influence nominating coach kev while we're at a pub at seattle or trying to nominate the creators uh, in Berlin for the creative way spot and just using remote nominations while I'm in Seattle to put that photo in Seattle and just run it through a view <laughs> for the week. Ken, while we have you here, you need to find a karaoke bar for Lachlan and I to go to in Seattle. We want to do some karaoke. That's that's that will not be hard to do. You you two just let me know when you say karaoke bar what exactly you mean because i can i can point you in a lot of different uh directions um just, and i want to make sure i point you in the right one just make sure it's on uh boss man ken's pub crawl list and we'll be a very happy team <laughs> that might that might be a little hard but the, the the way you answered that question was kind of a loaded answer there what what are my options i'm a little intrigued now <laughs> well so so I'll, I'll give you i'll give you what i've been doing on twitter i, I opened up a thread on twitter where i was like see any three three anything whatever you want i'll give you my top three and so if someone were to say hey like three karaoke places and i and i will admit that there's a strong bias regionally in Seattle to my recommendations because of where I live. Um, that said, I still think my recommendations are good. And I don't want to like point you at something I've say never been to because it's in a different neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, I've heard that this place is good. Um, so Capitol Hill, which is the neighborhood I live in, um, I would have three recommendations. If you're into the idea of renting a room for you and your friends, if you like that private room, Japanese uh, or Korean style, there's a joint called Rockbox. It's great. It's right. It's uh, really, really well maintained, has a great song selection, great audio, has rooms ranging from you could run it for two people to run it for like 30 people. It would work great. The second two are conveniently located directly, basically next to each other. Uh, one of them is a joint called Hula Hula, which is kind of a good old fashioned tiki bar slash uh, uh, karaoke spot. Um, it's solid, really good song selection. Uh, it's a it's a good place. It's sort of the general like, oh, you like to do karaoke in a bar with your friends. You want to go and sing to a big audience. That's the place. Now, directly next to it is the place that I would actually recommend. But it's super important that I make a, a couple things abundantly clear. Uh, one, it's Seattle's oldest gay bar. It's a dive. Let's go. Let's go. And it's a dive. It's great. <laughs> the queue can get quite long and you have to be okay with the idea that you may be there for a while and not sing very often. Um, if you, especially if you come on a Friday or Saturday night, you might get there at 11 PM and you might get a song. 
you might get a song. There's I'll, no guarantee I'll, you're getting I'll, a song. I'll just play the Australian card. It, it tends to work yeah. most places. Um, um, but yeah. that place was my... I lived across the street when I first moved to Seattle. The first night I moved in and unpacked my shit, I walked out. Sorry for the language. Yeah, it's hard okay. sometimes. Um, I walked out of That's my, out of my apartment. My it was friend. like... <laughs> I was like, which, wh- where should I go to drink? And I looked and I saw a bar. And I was like, oh, this bar is karaoke, only, like karaoke every night of the week. I'm gonna go there. Um, and it turns out it's the it's sort of the longest still operational gay bar in the city. I spent probably thousand hours there in the first couple years I lived in the city. It is an absolutely delightful place to hang out. Um, What's the name it of it? Is, it's called the Crescent Lounge. The Crescent Lounge. Okay. Growing up in Portland, I've been in my share of gay bars, and yeah. you generally have the best time there they it is a it is a lovely place it's just sometimes an unfortunate their queue time can get quite long so if you don't have that sort of regular it's you don't have the regular bonus of the karaoke host knows you um you're not a priority to get on stage but i would say that generally speaking you're gonna get up there at least once if you get in before about 11 o'clock all right so with that i think the most important question we now ask is what's your go-to karaoke song oh um it depends a little bit on if i'm doing i mean obviously i'm a big believer in in tailoring your song to your crowd a little bit right and if you're in a private room room and it's just you no one else around what is your karaoke song if you have what's your go-to you can just knock it out of the park and you will not make a fool of yourself if someone walks in. Well, I, I'm not worried about knocking something out of the park if I'm singing by myself. I'm only worried about knocking it out of the park if I do it. I think I think across the board right now, if, I, if you give me one song to just go, you're going to get one life, song. What is it going to be? Um, I would sing. I would sing How Far I'll, I'll Go from Moana. Ooh, that's a good choice. That's usually been that's been my like crowd pleaser it, it it people don't hate that song there's no negative feelings about that song so uh it it and it's short enough that it like if you're like oh this person's <laughs> they doing get you off stage like, quickly <laughs> yeah like this person's doing disney two things one i'm not doing like any of the super cliche disney i'm not oh, doing like let it go right um, which i'm happy to do but like <laughs> yes Usually I will be bullied into that by someone who wants to do that as a duet as opposed to me choosing to do that song. Uh, growing um, up as a kid, my sister used to sing the Aladdin part and I used to sing the Jasmine part. I will happily sing Aladdin to your Jasmine if oh you my want. God. But now these days, <laughs> as a bass, I probably should do Aladdin a little more. Although the falsetto do, uh, just comes out. I do a duet with my, my partner and we do... Um, uh, what's that song called? Um... We do we do a Nelly song, but she does Nelly and I do the back. I do the female back. Nice, love it. So Jamal, I I know we've talked about your go to karaoke before. What's your second go to if we're not talking about your your number one uh, home slice? My second go to is Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison Blues. Right there we go. Now. I'm going to say an Australian artist because got to support me locals. And if you've got a, two drinks in my hand, give me a glass and I will stand on stage with that glass and belt out Chandelier by Sia. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I can belt that out. If you want something show tunesy, we can go anything from Les Mis, anything from mm-hmm. Wicked, 
anything from all of the popular musicals except Hamilton. That's where I draw a line. Controversial hot take. Not American. Don't care about your history. Don't shoot me. Please, actually, don't shoot me. I'm going there soon. Um, but you got to be careful about making these American jokes when you're about to come over here in eight days. Oh, look, I'm going to have a great time going through customs in Hawaii. That's it's sure. Seattle. We, we all, we're all self-loathing here. Don't worry. Well, I'm going via Texas on my way home. So I, I do have to keep <laughs> some things in my mouth still. Just um, a little. But that's, that should be fine. I'm, we explored a university there. Jamal throffed at the thought of even submitting a waste spot there. And uh, I had to rein him in from Australia. But no, I've got a couple go-to hits. And I think, depending on the mood, yeah, if they want a show tune, I can give them a show-stopping show tune. Yeah. But also, like, if they want some Barbara Streisand, they, I will do Don't Rain On My Parade. I'm not against Don't, yeah. Don't Rain On My Parade. I actually sing that sometimes while I'm walking around my grind spot and it's raining and I'm playing pogo. Because yeah. and it makes the rain go away, and it makes all the other people also go away. It's a nice trick. It's a very <laughs> neat trick. But huge thank you for coming on and joining us today. I just have one last request for you. Do you think you can read our outro for us? It would make the world. We've had only one other guest do our intro, and we've never asked anyone else to do the outro. So this is a first for you that we're offering it to you. Ooh, of course. Wait, I can read Lock, your outro. B- 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 before we do that, we've got to have him plug his socials. And then he can read the outro. Okay. Where can people find you? Yeah. uh, Lucky for me, uh, I have an obnoxious username, which uh, I have to spell every time I tell somebody about it. But the good news means it's not taken on any platform. Uh, So you can find uh, me under Alfindial, um, which will be spelled neatly for you in the description video. Yep. Um, on basically any platform. So if you search that, if you type that into Google, you're probably going to find me on things that I don't even actually want to plug. Um, but generally speaking, uh, Twitch, five days a week, I do daily YouTube content, including the uh, the travel series with the spots that we talked about towards the top of the show. Um, I'm fairly active on Twitter. Um, anything other than that, you probably won't see me much. I'm too old for TikTok. Um, and uh, I, I'm too old for Instagram, actually. I'm too I old found for TikTok. Out. That's and I'm in my mid twenties. So like yeah. I think if you're not born in a year that comes after nine eleven, I don't think you're young <laughs> enough to use you're old enough to use TikTok. Uh it, it's I just still feel like I would be bumming I just bum people out by being they'd be able to get me on TikTok and be like, uh, why am I bummed out all of a sudden? <laughs> it's like when um friend of the show Fish on a Heater, because I'm I'm quite connected with Fish through Pallet Town PvP. I'm mm-hmm. one of his four uh administrative team. Over there, and you know, government panel, we sort of oversee everything. I'm the least active of the four of us, but I'm still there, um, which is weird because I don't PvP, but that's fine. Uh, it's great to have the other perspectives every now and again. But he does, he's like, We've got the TikTok, we've got to plug the TikTok. I'm like, Fish, I think I, I, I really just want to tell Fish, and this is me giving my opportunity to tell Fish, I think we're too old for TikTok, Fish. Leave it to Daxi, just leave it to Daxi. <laughs> um, but I did. You, you actually made me Google your name and go to page four on Google search results. So what do you think Google search results page four for oh your username? On page four? Yes. Oh boy. Um, I would say that if you're, if, you're, if you're diving in, there's a handful of different things that I imagine. There's a quite extensive, um, I'm of the age where posting on internet forums was still a thing. And I was quite active on a number of internet forums, um, in particular, uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, uh, Warhammer. 
Oh, what is this? So one of the results is one of your tweets that was featured and quoted (laughs) in an article titled How to Seduce Someone. Yes, how to seduce someone in four words. And what what article what article is this in? (laughs) I've never seen it. Uh, You're learning something today. Rest of the world news. January eighteenth, twenty (laughs) twenty. And the question was, how do you seduce someone in four words? And now, Findiel, how do you seduce someone in four words? I play Pokemon Go. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that, right? That's, that's how, I believe that's how that's supposed to be read. I think we need to bring this, yeah. this trend back because Jamal <laughs> can say, I review waste spots. Yes. Um, so with that, I think it's time for the outro. I'm going to leave it to you. Take it away. Feel free to put the emphasis on any word you want, uh, whether it's in the right place or in the wrong place. And you can use creative liberty if need be. Feel free to plug yourself again during the outro. Over to you, sir. Sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Voice Spotters. If you enjoy what you hear, there are a few ways you can show us. First, follow us on Twitter, at Spotters. We are incredibly responsive, and one of us is usually awake to answer questions. You can also rate us on the podcast service you are currently listening to, such as Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple, Google, and others. If you ask Jamal, five stars are the best stars. Second, visit our website, wayspotters.com. From there, you can get the links to everywhere you can download the show. You can also send us a message directly from the website. Thirdly, leave us a voicemail. Tweet us, email us, Discord us. Or if you're in the US of A, you can leave us a voicemail on our hotline, 732-835-8639. You never know who might answer the phone. Finally, if you're not a member of the Pokemon Professor Network, Patreon, you can join for as little as $1 a month. You'll have access to the Discord for the entire family of shows across the Pokemon Professor Network, including Wastebotters, Special Conditions, Gotta Watch Them All, and Lord Up. It's a fantastic place filled with fantastic people. Special shout out to our original Wayspotters Patreon, Sea Princess. Thank you. With that, we will see you next week. May your nominations be shiny, and thank you for listening to Wayspotters. Birds to nominations. Deal with it. Thanks, guys. Hopefully, you had an amazing Niantic Community Day today. Jamal's going to get this episode ready for you 24 hours early, so it's ready in time for the Community Day. And I'll see you guys in America. I will be on a plane 24 hours after this episode releases. I'm coming. Alfindiol, we should get a drink on that Wednesday when no one else is in town yet. Uh, and you can mm-hmm. show me. You can show me what to do, and maybe rate hour. We'll just. We can just go to the Crescent on Wednesday. I mean, <laughs> can I say that Lachlan is coming to America? Yes, you can. 
Fun fact, that is uh, that is one of the films we watch every single 4th of July uh, as part of our, we do a an annual, this is the most American thing you're ever going to hear. We do a hot dog party. And not like oh, a regular like grill out. Did we Dash do a hot, uh, if you want. <laughs> I mean, usually not. I love it. But uh, we, do, we do like a hot dog bar. And so what we do is we, we have hot dogs on, but then we do like a topping bar and we have like five or six different like specialty kind of dogs that like, oh, if you want to make like the, the, you know, the barbecue dog or the Mexican dog and we have all these different things. But then usually someone's like, oh, well, I'm going to try these dogs. And then by like the second or third hot dog, they're like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to put together the weirdest combination of <laughs> toppings I can get. And so everyone just gets absolutely, you know, blitzed. And it's just like, you know, what about marinara sauce, guacamole and uh, sauerkraut? That might work, right? <laughs> Maybe. You never know. And one but last... we always watch. We always watch Coming to America. Yeah. One last tidbit. We, I already went off last episode about the fact that Americans go month date for everything else except 4th of July, mm-hmm. so we won't go there. But what is it with PVPers being really good at trivia? Because I know Fish on a Heater also hosts trivia down in Adelaide. What is with this? Uh, I think the... Uh, how do I say this? The ability to retain and regurgitate mostly useless information, uh, like on a drop of a pin uh, is exactly what you use. I mean, realistically, like how many PVPers be like, what are the counts for this? And they're like, got it. It's like, we just have that, that brain where we just like information lives there and it's quick recall. Right. And I think maybe that there's a, there's a connection between the ability to like learn and quick recall useless stuff and your ability to uh, battle effectively. Okay. So I'm going to test this regurgitation. Now, Fish knows I have a favorite Pokemon to force him to let me use on Pallet Town streams, and that's Durant in Ultra League. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. we're talking about Durant. Durant has two quick moves. Do you know yeah. what one of them is? Uh, yes, I know what one of them is. Okay, it so which bug bite? And the other one is it's a steel move. Is it a metal claw? Yes, which is great because they both get the same energy per second. Right. How long does it take Durant? to get to a stone edge mm. move counts are not my not my specialty um i am one of those rare pvpers that uh when move counting became the thing i just never bothered to do it um or learn it exposed but <laughs> that said i have an idea so let's see because bug bite is bug bites a one turn move too so that's that's a lot Hmm. I want to say it's like six-ish. So it's six energy per second for bug bite and metal. Yeah. Stone edge is 55 energy. So right. A little more than six, yeah. just under nine seconds for Durant to kill a Charizard. I believe, I believe the answer is you put a Durant in against me and let me try and catch a stone edge and I'll do it. <laughs> all right. All right. You'll, you'll just feel it. You'll but feel yeah, it. my, I definitely, uh, I definitely don't, I don't definitely don't count one turn moves. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Well, with that, thank you so much. Thank you for doing the outro. We will see you as this episode goes live within 48 hours. Well, at least using Australian logic, because I leave Brisbane at 6 p.m., get to Hawaii at midday the same day, then get to Seattle at midnight the same day. So 
I'm going to be all thrown around with my time zones for a little bit. Thank you so much for joining. Next week, we have two special guests lined up. Uh, and we are literally moving heaven and earth to make sure that they're both available to come on because we want to complete the set of their family and we want to be able to celebrate with them just before their 200th episode of their podcast. And with that, I'll see you guys next week. Jamal, I think you've, that was a show. That was a show. We'll see you later. <laughs>